Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. And welcome to Dear Hank and John. And more appropriately, Dear Greg and Hank. It's a comedy podcast for me and my brother John, and sometimes special guests answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and give you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Today, we have Greg, Game Over Greggy, of Kind of Funny. That's right. All of the things that you do. Uh, welcome. I do a lot of things on the internet. And I do stuff like that and podcasts and whatnot, yeah. I mean, the thing that I, I was sort of amazed, like, I was like, I wonder if Greg would want to be a guest John on Dear Hank and John, and you responded in, like, 13 seconds. And I know you've I got... got... Twitter beams right to my brain. Twitter beams right to my brain. I can't miss anything. <laughs> you have a lot that you do, and you do it every day. And I'm always very impressed, <laughs> and, and I kind of want to... Because I also feel that people feel this way about me. And I always want to talk to other people about how they uh, manage their very busy lives and not destroy their brain or bodies. Sure. Okay. What would you like to know? Just that. Just how I manage it all? I don't really well. I, you know, I always tell this story right before we left our old jobs. I was talking to old coworkers before vacation or before Christmas vacation, which would be, you know, us quitting. And <laughs> they were like, man, I'm like, ah, oh, you got to be looking forward to this. I'm like, dude, it's going to be the best. I, I go home from work now and I get these tension headaches right around my temples and I've noticed I'm starting to go gray there. But when I go out and I do this, we start our own business. We'll set our own schedule. It'll be so relaxing. <laughs> and I am so all over gray now, three years into this business. Like, yeah. It just sucks it out of you. You know what I mean? I know I know what you mean. I, uh, I've managed to dodge the gray hair bullet so far as a 37-year-old. I have like six of them. Um but but I, I I'm keeping keeping an eye on it. I do have this is what I have is my eyebrow hairs are starting to be old man eyebrow hairs and they're like I'm gonna be oh, starting to go all crazy. I'm gonna like I want to come down into your eyes. I want to be down there. Mm. This is yeah. I'm just, the the but and Catherine, my wife, is like not having a moment of it. She just I'm I'll be sitting there watching TV and it's just like what just happened to my face? She's plucking my eyebrows. I was gonna say, is she on Pluck Patrol? That's great. That's a great wife. You need that. You need that. You need to keep, you know, your youthful vigor for all this YouTube and podcast. That's right. That's right. It's all about like really, no one thinks about the importance of eyebrow size in the appearance of youth. I'm still getting carded, but only because Catherine's plucking my eyebrows. 
Exactly. And it's one of those things you take for granted. It's not until you see a really bad set of eyebrows where you're like, oh, man, <laughs> that's a thing people need to pay attention to. It's just like don't. going all Eugene Levy on you. Uh, it, yes. Well, then you can just make a brand like he did, yeah. It's a, it is a... Yeah, it is, it's interesting to watch my body change as I get older. I also just had a baby, and I was in an airport last night eating food. And when I sh- clearly, like, my fifth meal of the day, and I Google, does having a baby make men gain weight? And yes, it does. There's a, a fair amount of research done on this. Uh, if you have a baby, even if you don't live with the baby, just having a baby makes you gain weight. Just having that responsibility out there on the internet makes you gain weight. Yeah, it's just, it's too much. It's on your mind. You're probably not sleeping as well as you used to. It also changes your body hormones. Like, things change when you have a baby, even for guys. Certainly not on the level. Not on the, yeah, of course. Not on the level of. From now on, when people are like, why are you overweight? I'm just going to be like, well, I had a bunch of babies. That's so so many. I got a bunch of little Greg Millers running around out there. Um. So yeah, yeah. you should count your lucky stars that you don't have that many gray hairs. Because yeah, like running kind of funny, this youtube twitch podcast empire we have here it's yeah. all we do is spin plates at any point one of these plates could fall down but hopefully we have enough other ones spinning on that's Patreon right on or ads, adsense or something to keep it going yeah that is that is the trick you're diversified as they say in exactly business um yeah we have that tripod business approach you know what i mean you take one leg out the other legs will support yeah <laughs> You're going to have like a, like a 55-legged stool is really the way you want, exactly. you want it to work. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? I think it was more like one of those wobbly tables you get at a, a restaurant when you go in and somebody folds a coaster and puts it under one of the legs. But, That's us. There's a lot of that happening. There's a, yeah. yeah. And for every leg of the stool, you get a new gray hair, which, uh, which is, oh, man. you know, I think you're doing pretty well then. Thank you. Yeah, that my gray hair would definitely establish that as us uh, running this video game comedy podcast troupe out here. <laughs> so, uh, I heard that you were able to g- scrounge together a short poem for us. I was. I, I looked around the internet, and you know, I, I know there's a long history of poems here. John brings good stuff to the table mm-hmm. usually, yeah. but I figured if I'm coming in here, I had to find something that really spoke to who I am mm-hmm. and gave your listeners a great window into who Greg Miller from Kind of Funny is. So this one is from Just Mel's. He posted it online June 2014. It's titled Superman vs. Batman. Like Superman to your Batman, I actually got power. Power with ink. Power with flow. Don't even blink. I'll make your mind blow. <laughs> What's happening? Just letting you know where I'm coming from, everybody. It's me, Greg Miller. <laughs> did Welcome you find to the show, that? Strap It. Uh, I googled Superman poems, and I found hellopoetry.com slash word slash Superman, and this one's at the top. And I was like, you know what, Just Mel, you nailed it. I love it. You crushed it. I mean, I it's hellopoetry.com? Hello, hello. Like we're saying hello. Uh, I, I don't know why our podcast isn't the hellopoetry.com podcast. I'll tell you, they seem to have a lot of stuff because it's like it, you, at the top of it, it says words. Superman's highlighted, obviously, but on the other side, <laughs> clearly showing all the other words they can pull from. You have superior, superiority, Superman, supermarket, supernatural. Wow. So, These are supermarket poems. Uh, yeah. I, you know what? I'm clicking on it right now. We'll see what we got. Let's go here. Go. Oh, the first one I'm going to read you. DJ Goodwin, July 2013. Supermarket. Retail hunter, oh, sorry. Retail hunter gatherers pick clean processed bones, digging graves, 
with their shiny teeth, studious in their reveries as they drone. Past worlds dumped in the thresher. Oh, it kept happening. The truck in fields of film wrapped. I mean, they're deep on now. You you think Hello Poetry might not have it? They got it. They got it. I mean, that poem goes on for a while. Oh, yeah. It's it's there's. It keeps going. I I think I think we got I think we got the gist though. I do. The Vegemite, Dispora, and the Arctic wastelands cased in sliding glass fields of perfect steady storms as wraiths baked in halogen ask silent questions oh, man. of the silver beat. I tell you what, like, I was just at the grocery store and I didn't feel any of those feelings. I was like, I would like a sandwich. And he was like, that'll be a couple minutes. And then I. Yeah, then no, I, he's painting a picture here. I also bought, like, some mango slices for my baby. Uh, pre nice. mango is so annoying, and it's amazing that somebody cut this mango up for me, so I don't oh. have to do it. There are so many Superman poems. Yeah, well, I mean, come on now. He's you know he should be the world's most popular superhero. I mean, is he, he's a good metaphor at the very least. Anyway, exactly. in the future we will do the Hello Poetry podcast, but that's not good, what okay, we're that's not what we are here to do today. Do you want to answer uh, or ask and answer some questions from our listeners, Greg? I would love to. All right. Well, I'll hit us with our first one, um, and then you can do the second one. I really want to get to this, and so I'm just gonna gonna start with it. It's from Andrea, who asks, uh, "Dear Hank and Greg, I am currently trying to study, but I keep getting distracted by the no food sign in the library. I know this question doesn't lend itself to a podcast, but it is. I know this question doesn't lend itself well to a podcast, but is the middle piece of food in the attached picture a slab of raw ham? Perhaps an oddly sliced beet? I need to know, Andrea. Uh, we'll put this picture up on the Patreon. You don't have to be a patron to look at it. Uh, just so that everybody can see what we're talking about, there's clearly three items of what has been labeled food. There's an apple, there's a piece of bread, and Greg, what is that middle thing? Maybe a whole loaf. Maybe a whole loaf of bread. Right, right, right. Like a, like a, like more like a roll, maybe a roll of bread. Exactly. A, a, but a giant dinner roll. It's like a rustic bread. It's like a rustic <laughs> loaf of bread. Somebody made this in their Dutch oven and put it up. Yeah. And then, yeah, there is clearly a slice of what appears to be some kind of meat, but with a giant white center indicating there's a bone that has been cut through it. Yeah, it's, yeah it, it is maybe just the leg of a cow. It's It looks maybe like a steak. It also maybe looks like a piece of bread that has been dyed red. And maybe it's got like the yeah. egg and a whole thing going where they cut the and they put it in. Uh, they cut like the middle out of the bread and, and crack an egg into it. And that, but it's, yeah, but it's, have you ever seen it on the, inter the internet when they'll do the whole thing of like they'll randomly grab people and like, all right, cool, draw Barney from memory, draw right. Pikachu from memory. Uh -huh, uh -huh. It strikes me as somebody grabbed somebody and was like, <laughs> I know you've watched a Looney Tunes episode before where they're eating meat. Cut, what do you think the draw the piece of meat right now? And they took like when you have the giant turkey bone or ham bone, right. and then rather than because it looks like the end of that where you see the bone and then surrounded by pink. But then someone took like a circular saw and sawed through the bone right. to then put it down. Right, it treated it as if it were a loaf of bread. It just took a slice of exactly right down the middle of that turkey leg. I yeah yeah. I think that it's probably intended to be raw steak, like raw red yeah. meat, which does seem like an like I agree. You should not eat raw red meat in the library. That's a I mean that's a good tip for life. Yeah. I don't know if you get this. If, if anybody like, and I, I like good steak tartare, but if somebody cut this and dropped it on a plate to me, I'd be like, "No, sir, this is not correct." Also, it clearly in the photo is touching the the both the rustic bread and the apple, and so both of those, yeah, you can't have either of them anymore. 
No, yeah, no. Uh, Which is a shame because that bread and apple look great. That would be good. Sliced, just a couple of slices of apple on that rustic bread, and I'm down. Um, th- so I think that I think that it is perfectly natural for you, Andrea, to have been distracted by this very peculiar slice of beet bread. It's, it's very. Have you also seen this other one going around? I saw it on Reddit a while ago now, but it was like after after last month's incident, Oreos are no longer allowed in the library. And you're like, what was the incident? <laughs> what happened with Oreos that this school had to ban them in the library? Yeah, other cookies are fine, but the entire yeah, institution exactly. of the like Numinos, all right, no problem. You want to bring a Chips Ahoy in here? We were fine with you. Uh, yeah, there must have been an know. Oreo fight. Oh, You'd think so. You'd think it was maybe a scavenger hunt where people were hiding Oreos all over the library. Right, and now they're like still there forever. And because you didn't find yeah, all the Oreos, yeah. and there's ants now, and then they that's they start eat, they eat the they are in the book book glue, and that's never good, because that's that's no. how books come together. Do you do you want to hit us with that next question, Greg? Sure. Let's jump to Nicole. Nicole writes in. It says, "Dear John and Hank, it's okay. I wasn't supposed to be here. I understand. Nobody <laughs> likes me." <laughs> Around two and a half years ago, I met a girl that moved to my town slash school, and we became best friends. Like, ultra best bros friends. My mom didn't like her, saying that she was a bad influence and such, and we had a lot of fights about it. But we remained almost sisters. My friend has severe depression and anxiety. I've always been there for her, and she's relied a lot on me. However, a few months ago, she moved away, and we stopped talking and seeing each other as much. During this time, I have come to notice that I didn't really miss her. My mental health improved incredibly, and so has my relationship with my mother. Now, I have the opportunity to talk to her again, but I don't really want to. And my friends keep talking to me like I'm her other half, which is really uncomfortable now. If I tell her what's happened, I know it will affect her greatly and not in a good way. What do I do? Yours and worried, Nicole. Nicole, that is a super hard situation to be in, and I will start out by recognizing that and, uh, and also commending you for recognizing the, the complexity of the situation that you're in right now, um, which is that there, th- there is you, and you want to take care of you, but you also care about your friend, and you want to also care about her and not hurt that person. But it does seem that you are aware that you, like who is you know if you know you need to be taking care of yourself first so if you are in a place where you feel like you can take care of yourself and also lend a little bit of support to this other person then there is an opportunity there to do that if you don't feel like you have that if you don't feel like you're able to help that person without dragging yourself down without pulling yourself into a place you don't want to be anymore then it that is not your obligation yeah she doesn't feel like she has to be attached to this person right and i feel like just what she says here and the fact that she's in a better spot now right and i think even about that she didn't really miss this friend Mm -hmm. i think that says a lot about where you guys are at it's okay you know to not be friends it's okay to end on good terms and move away from each other and go on and have different relationships with different people I feel like that might be what this is. Yeah, yeah. And we've actually got another question coming up later in the podcast. Maybe we should just loop it in about... Ooh, uh, what? Well, not Ooh, teaser. Sweet. Yeah, but teaser. But now you're going to jump it in. Yeah, so. teaser. And we're not really teasing uh, anything. That, uh, the, you know, somebody's sort of asking, hey, I have never had a friend that I feel like is going to be my friend forever. 
and mm, and asking yeah. us like who are our oldest friends and how long have we had those friends? I'm curious. What's your answer to that question? What's your oldest friend? Sure. I mean, my old, my oldest friend is a name. Uh, wait, no, that's all right. My oldest friend isn't a name. It's a person. It's a boy named Pope who I've known. Uh, I've known him since I guess first grade, and I'm okay. 34 right now. Yeah. We I wouldn't say we became best friends until probably right before high school, so like seventh or eighth grade, somewhere in there. But ever since then, yeah, we've been those kind of friends that, you know, we went to high school together, then went off to different colleges, me in Missouri, him up in uh, Minnesota. And when we pick back up, we pick back up like nothing changed. Like yeah. we know each other that well. We are we are brothers to that extent where I think we went through so much together that we don't need to check in with each other every week. But when we do every few months to catch up on what's happening or when I come back together, it's like nothing changed. Yeah. Yeah, that is that's really wonderful. It's funny to me that you said his that he was a boy. Because, yeah. you know, he's not anymore. He's 34 years old. But isn't that how we all think of our friends? Yeah. Like your childhood friends? Like yeah. you still jump back to, remember that time you puked in the car? Like, yeah, dude, I was five. I don't know what you want me to do with that story. Yeah, I, I didn't, I don't have that as much with any of my friends from like elementary age. I don't know any of those yeah. folks anymore. I do, I am still very close with all the people I hung out when I was like 16, 17, 18, like late, late mm-hmm. high school times and still hang out with them hopefully once a year, once every two years and, you know, always am in touch with those folks. And, you know, like this person is 17 years old and doesn't feel like they're, this is Tiffany now. Have has any friends that, that Tiffany's going to be friends with, you know, until she's 30, like we are now. Um, yeah. and that's okay. Like, that's fine. Oh, hundred percent. And you like, I feel like, sorry, go ahead. friends come in and out and there is an amount of like loyalty that can kind like that, that maybe is sometimes expected to friends that maybe is a little bit too much. Like if it's, sure. if it's something that is important to you and that you want to, uh, that you you want to keep that going and you want to find ways to make those relationships productive and long term, absolutely do that. It's like one of the great things in life. But it is it is energy and upkeep, so you want to make sure that you're spending that energy on the people that you want to keep in your life forever for a long time. It, exactly, and you figure in my case, right? Pose the outlier. Like I have a oh, bunch yeah. of other friends that I knew in junior high and high school, but I don't talk to them anymore. And like when you get to college, that's where I made a bunch of what I would consider like adult friends, right? Friends that I'm still close to or talk to. But even then we're talking three people yeah. from my, you know, five and a half years in Missouri that I keep in touch with actively and want to, you know, spend time with or come back and visit or hear about their kids or whatever. And not just have cursatory Facebook contact, contact, mm-hmm. like, I still think you have the chance to make those friendships, to make those connections. And it doesn't, it doesn't reflect on you. It isn't a bad thing that you already haven't done that at 17. Yeah, absolutely. We just answered two questions at once. Look at us. We're not going to stop. And I think, Hank, what you said though, is great about like, you know, expected loyalty and what best friends means. Like that's different for every person. And if you're meeting people that you like and you're friends with, but you don't want to be invested on that level and that's totally fine. Yeah. But I do like I, I think it's important to recognize it's it's been important for me to recognize, I should say, that a great deal of joy and like stability is brought into my life by my friends. And mm. and 
and sometimes I will be like, I sort of take that for granted, or I, I'll be like, well, yeah, but I've got so much other stuff going on, and I've got a baby, and I've got my marriage, and I've got my family, and I've got my business, and like it's just hard to do that. But to but to dedicate some time and think, like I think of everything as projects now because I've broken my brain, and to, to dedicate time <laughs> to that, to the management of the project of friendships is really important I, it has been really important for me for my like mental health and my happiness, it, even though it never seems like, well, my top priority is never hanging out with my buds um, because I have a child. <laughs> so that's always going to be the top priority. <laughs> there is a life that depends on me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This thing, it just pooped in its pants again. And that is the, that is the thing that I need to be taking care of right now. Uh, but the, uh, but it is, I think it is, you know, it's not something. When I was younger, it would it just took care of itself. Like it just happened because I was always available to hang out and uh, you know and that. But like trying to keep those relationships maintained is more than just like a Facebook thing where I'm reading about them on uh, whatever they're posting. It is uh, it's an right. active project and it's something that that pays dividends for me. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And and I think that it's easy for those things to sort of fall apart when you don't like sort of inactively. Like it's one thing to be like, I think probably it's not healthy. Like I'm not in a place where I can help this person out anymore. Um, versus like, I love this person, but like, I don't need to maintain the relationship because like they like, it's all going pretty well, but then it all falls apart and you haven't talked in five years. So that's just a, something I've been thinking about generally with regards to friends and how uh, thankful I am to have good, good friends. Yeah, I think for, I'm assuming for you, but I know for me for sure, like having the friends I have that are the friends who have been around for a while or knew me before I moved to San Francisco or stuff to that effect, like they help keep me grounded, right? Because I think it's so easy to get caught up in Mm -hmm. my day to day. I'm like, oh, well, this video game code didn't come in or, oh, this embargo is happening or we have to go, I got to go to LA tomorrow to go speak to a bunch of fans and I'm stressed out about packing. And then I talk to people who lead normal lives (laughs) and they're like, well, yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm a professor and I'm a doctor and I had to do this. And it's like, oh, right. You have, they're talking about their children. You're like, right. There, there's a bigger world happening here than me wanting to talk about comic books. Yeah. I forget. Yep. That is, that is very, that is very good for, for maybe us in particular. Um, exactly. And- I don't know how to say yeah, that place everyone in the yeah. crowd, but for us it is, that's what friends are there to do, right? It's to yeah. ground you and remind you of what's real and what's important. Yeah, yeah, and and provide a different that uh, diversity of of worldview and um, and also just relaxation if you can get it from them, which yeah. is great. This next question comes from Radica, who asks, "Dear Hank and Greg, my recently my friends have been arguing about whether or not water is wet." They say that water is obviously wet and that wetness is an inherent property of water. I, however, think that wetness is what happens when previously dry objects are covered by water. Any dubious advice on the topic would be super helpful. Like radical without the L, Radica. Thank you for the pronunciation guide. <laughs> I was going to say Radica is a great name. It's a Radica's good name. A radical name. Uh, what do you think? I, is I water wet? Say, I think it... Yeah, water's wet. Of course it's wet. I think it's so wet that it's gone beyond the, the definition of wet. And that I, What Rack is saying, I understand the argument. I'm with her. But I think that, okay, is it wet? I don't know. Touch it and find out. Oh, it's wet. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it comes down to. You're going to touch it, you're going to be wet. But, wet. but what got wet? 
the molecule. <laughs> I don't want to say it with my finger myself. <laughs> of course, it was. So what, you're, 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 uh, Hank, you're saying it's not wet. I well, I think that there's there's two ways to look at it, and but but I definitely. First of all, I think that technically water is not wet. I think that if you look at the definition of what wetness is, it is sure. where it is when something got wet, and water didn't get wet. But it is. But it, it's just. But it's so wet. It's so it's, wet. It doesn't need to get wet. It's so, so so yeah. I I I'm gonna I'm gonna stick firm and say that you have to be something that isn't water with water on you in order for you to You're be correct. Wet. I mean, the, the definition here on the internet, the state of condition of being covered or saturated with water or another liquid, dampness. But, but isn't, to me, isn't water saturated with water? Isn't it the most saturated with water thing that you can have? See, you just flip-flop. Now you're on my I side. Know. Welcome to the thing. Question answered. We're done. <laughs> I was going to say, you can't trust these definitions. This is like as a hot dog sandwich, and you read the definition of a sandwich, you're like, I don't know, it kind of could be. It's not. A hot dog's not a sandwich. We got it. I don't want to get into the definitions of it. Water's wet. Next question, Radica. <laughs> it, it kind of upsets me. It kind of upsets me that we could actually live in a world in which, like, it feels like water needs to be wet for, like, the world to make sense. But I think 100%. that it's not wet. I think it's not wet. It's really weird to me. So I'm going to go on a, off on a tangent here. It is weird to here me. Here we go. Let's get everybody get in the car. We're going on a tangent. Wait, you could you could wet ice. So you could get a piece of ice that's really, really uh-huh. cold and thus dry. Sure. It's not wet. And then put water on it. So you could wet water in that way. But this isn't the tangent. The tangent is, so all the stuff we eat, all the stuff we put into our bodies is like mostly like life stuff, like plants and animals. And, sure. and and yes, there's portions of those plants and animals that are inorganic things like, you know, potassium and vitamins or whatever. I don't know. So there's there's definitely inorganic stuff that, that you're that you're eating and that are important to your body that you need in order to function. But water is really weird in that it's a mineral. It is a it's a it is not a living thing. It's not an organic compound. It is a mineral. It is like it is like a frozen like ice is just another rock, basically. And then but we need to drink this mineral all day long in order to not die immediately. (laughs) It's you're right, because we have to fill up weird. We have to fill up our weird meat sacks with wetness in order to be alive. Yeah, we have to make our insides wet for sure. Uh, with water, that's also wet. <laughs> yeah, the, it is important to keep the insides wet. Uh, I, I, I guess that's the out, is, uh, would you say water's dry? Where are we going this argument? How far do you want to take it? How far, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> all right. All right, I think water is dry is definitely the new controversial opinion that I, that that like doesn't matter and that I will defend with my life. Yeah, that's what you want. That's the hill you want to die on. Water is dry. <laughs> By definition, water is dry. Boom! Take that. I'm just gonna tweet it. No context. Water is dry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See how that one goes. <laughs> All right. What what else do we got? You got another question for me? I feel like we covered this one. We got, we got another one here, but it's the same idea where it's going to be us arguing and scratching heads unless we want to actually get into it. Brooke writes in and says, Hank and John, 
again, I feel Hank, you didn't promote me enough that I was coming on the show. <laughs> are oranges named oranges because they are orange, or is the color orange called orange because oranges are orange? The word orange has lost all meaning to me. <laughs> Fruity frenzy, Brooks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you definitely did that to all of our brains. That is, it's, that was a very well. It's like that. It's like buffalo, 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 buffalo. Um, except, yeah. except there were like some words that weren't orange in that sentence. Uh, I actually looked this up. Do you want to know the real answer? Uh, hold on. Yeah, I do. But before we do it, I want to take a guess. I got to take a okay. stab at it okay. before I get the real answer. Mm-hmm. So, are oranges named oranges because they are orange? Or is the color orange called orange because oranges are orange? I'm going to say... Wait, what if... like Because the there, col- is, there is a third option here that o- the word orange and the color... Like the fruit orange and the color orange are not linguistically related. That happens Ooh. sometimes. There are situations where... And in fact, there is this, there are some places called orange like town names and those actually well that orange county comes from from oranges but in england i think there's like a town named orange and that actually comes from a different name a different like linguistic root than the color orange and the fruit orange but but they are linked the color and the fruit are actually are linked that that is not okay my my guess my guess is going to be the color came first and then because i also know that like human beings just aren't that imaginative so somebody saw an orange and was like oh it's it's like the sky or the color orange or the sunset orange so we're just going to name that right. fruit orange you are incorrect damn it we actually named the colors relatively late considering how we treat really them. so we like colors when we're teaching children like it's one of the first things they learn is like we're trying to be like this is a blue fish and this is an orange fish and like teaching that relationship is part of cognitive development and and like that you can apply labels to something and it like it is still a fish but it is a different colored fish um or it's a big fish or a small fish or whatever sure so sure. um so it, we use colors in that way a lot, and so it seems to us in the today world that colors are a very basic property. But I listened to a podcast once in which I uh, oh, did you? They, in which they uh, hit me with the the very slow uh, and and like not all at once inclusion of different colors into vocabularies, and it happened quite slowly. And orange. The color was drawn out of orange, the fruit, and orange, interestingly, the word that we, you know, the sort of root of the word orange is really old, because apparently we've had oranges for a long time, and it's one of the not very many words in English that is actually from Sanskrit, and uh, yeah, and it sounds pretty similar to, more more similar to like the Spanish word for orange than, than our word for orange, which is like naranja or naranj. Um, and then we, some, and then I think f- the French took it and made it into something more like orange, and then we turned it into mm. oranges. So that's the situation with oranges. Also, maybe because of its weird root is why there are not very many words that rhyme with it. Or none, depending on how you count. I did a bunch of research on the word orange. <laughs> you, you, this is how you spend your nights. When you're not trying to keep this baby alive, you're on Wikipedia tracing the or- root origin of orange. Well, Brooke needed an answer, Greg. And God bless you for being there for her. Um, yeah. Yep. 
This question, next question, Greg, comes from Megan, who, and I, I've just been, been pasting your name in because I, because you're here. It says, Do I know? You're trying to make it look like you planned this at all <laughs> rather than just grabbing me off the streets. I dropped my bagel here. I'm in a podcast room. Well, it is what you do. I mean, yeah, true. Uh, it comes from Megan, who asks, Dear Hank and Greg, I have been cursed with both a very common first name and a very common last name. My name is Megan Johnson, and I've always grown up with multiple Megans around. In every activity and every class, there was almost always another Megan present. This never bothered me much as a child because we were pre- pretty easily distinguished by our last initial. I'm now in my third year of college, and I've just recently found out that there are 20 one people named Megan Johnson at my college. Do you go to Megan Johnson College? (laughs) Three of which have my same middle initial. My question is, how can I become the ruler of the Megan Johnsons and differentiate myself as the best Megan Johnson among those at my university? Duplicates and dragon fruits, Megan. (laughs) Man, Megan, this is a question that has plagued mankind for a long time. Not the Megan Johnson part. But how do you differentiate yourself from people who have the same name as you? I'm well, first of all, I gotta say, if your last name is Johnson, you gotta name your kid something weird. Like you just got to you oh. can't you can't name you can't name your kid John or 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 Steve well, probably Steve would be okay these days, but certainly not Megan and not any like you gotta look at the roles and be like, anything in the top hundred is out. Cause you you know you're setting your, your child up for this situation. Sure, yeah. I mean, I'm a Miller, right? You're a That's Miller. Incredibly common. So many Greg Millers thing. out there. So, what are you gonna? You gotta name your your offspring something that isn't isn't common. You gotta. I think orange. It can't rhyme with anything, so I like that. <laughs> it's very similar to my orange Miller to my son's name. Weirdly enough, what's your son's name? His name is Orin, and his last and his initial of his last name is G. So he's like Orin G. Oh, that's good, though. I mean, it was not on purpose, just to be very clear. I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't, yeah. You, you know, you know you're, you're among friends and family here. It was his you don't have to hide it. You can be honest with why you named your son that, because you're a big Warren G fan, and you thought this would be a kind of a twist on it. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. So I feel, I feel like for this question... There's two ways to go with it. Mm-hmm. There's for Greg Miller at least. There's the college way I differentiated myself, and then my post-college way. Because obviously, I graduate college. I want to go into the world of video game journalism. I'm going to be online. There's a million Greg Millers, mm-hmm. and I need to get to the top of Google search results. But above me was number one, Greg Miller lock picker for beginner lock picker lock picking yep. for beginners, mm-hmm. which was just a book about lock picking. Okay. Number two was Greg Miller Elvis impersonator in Vegas. Number three was Greg Miller, who had gregmiller.com for Greg Miller Photography. And I thought I would never be able to usurp. But on the internet, it was simple, Megan. Just take your shirt off a lot and talk about video games for a long time. And there you go. You eventually get to the top. A bunch of people follow you on Twitter, and you beat it that way. Uh, Now, in college, when I went to college, I wasn't worried so much about how do I differentiate myself from Greg Miller. It was just like, who do I want to be in college? mm -hmm. And now... I'll give you a little bit of a, a prologue to this. Hey, I went to Catholic school, so I wore uniforms from kindergarten to 12th grade until I graduated high school. So I graduate high school feeling liberated. Mm-hmm. I can find, I'm, going to, I'm going to college now. I can wear whatever I want. I can be whoever I want. Hey. Mm-hmm. 
the man I decide to be is this. I walk into my dormitory at the University of Missouri. Okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a hot day in the end of August here, getting ready to start a new school year. I walk in, and from uh, foot to head, it goes like this. I'm wearing red Converse high tops. <laughs> I am wearing tube socks up to the middle of my shin. Mm-hmm. I am wearing jean shorts. Oh, and no, gosh. jean shorts were not in style back then. I just wore them. Uh, I am then wearing a wrestling t-shirt. Probably the WCW invasion angle. I was a big fan of that. However, over the wrestling t-shirt, Hank, I am wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Of which <laughs> of which I bought seven. And you might say, why Why would you buy seven Hawaiian shirts? Because, Hank, I said when I was finally out, out, of, out from underneath this uniform oppression, <laughs> I said, I'm going to go to college. And every day, every day, Hank, I am going to wear a Hawaiian shirt over my wrestling shirts, my superhero shirts, whatever shirts I'm wearing. And you may say, Hank, Greg, why would you make this choice? And the choice was based on an episode of The Simpsons where Homer where Homer says to Marge when Bart is wearing a Hawaiian shirt, Marge, only two kinds of people wear Hawaiian shirts, big fat party animals and gay guys. And I said, I want to go to college and be a big fat party animal. Now, you might think that's the coup de grace. That's the top of the story. No, let's go up a little bit higher. Oh, God, I'm no. wearing then the black rim glasses that I still wear to this day because okay. they just look awesome. Mm-hmm. But then my hair is bright blue. Millhouse blue. I graduated high school. I said, no more uniforms. I can do whatever I want. I bleached my hair. I dyed it blue, and I wore it that way for a year and a half on the University of Missouri campus. <laughs> um, and Megan, I'm not saying you need to do this to differentiate yourself. No, but I'll let you know. No. I was very different. <laughs> I, I mean, I will tell you that I did I did not that, but I, but it similarly. I I you know I went to pu- regular public school, so I got to wear whatever I want in, in high school. And but I also even in high school wore like intentionally, in like attention grabbing items of terrible clothing. And you know I think it's uh, to some to some extent. Uh, please look at me, which obviously if you become fairly popular on the internet it's possible that you have a little bit of a please look at me desire oh uh, me no <laughs> you kidding me um so so do do one question to ask yourself megan is do you want to be the leader of the megan johnsons so if, yeah. if you're sure you want that i think you will start being the leader of the megan johnsons with that have your same middle initial and then, uh, and then they become your sort of like brain trust, and then yeah, that small one. group can go and take over all the rest of the Megan Johnsons. But the good news is that like uh, taking over, taking over twenty one people, it's not that hard. I mean, people take up a whole, take over whole nations. So you here's what you do: you, you gotta start somewhere. Invite though. all the Megan Johnsons together on the quad or whatever, then knock out the tallest one, just like in prison. <laughs> And that will assert your dominance over the Megan Johnsons, and they'll all worship. I was worried that this was gonna go like red wedding on us, and I was like, nope, stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I'm not advocating murder, just fighting people just, for no reason. That seems just, just punching a stranger because she has your name. Or you know the other thing too, Megan. Just say you're the Rock's daughter, and then everybody's gonna be like, oh my gosh, that's Dwayne Johnson's daughter. Like we have to befriend her. She's the Megan Johnson. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's can you can, is that a, is that a passable lie? Like like it is a pretty information dense world these days. I feel like people can figure it out. 
But I feel like there's got to be something you can say or finagle on the internet. It. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just yeah. like, just like, do, just like, edit that Wikipedia page every single morning. Yeah, just get a screen grab of it. This is what happened before TMZ took it down or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, this you po- ready for another one? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with our sponsors, Greg, because this podcast Ooh. is brought to you by Megan Johnson, daughter of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, available at University, leading all Megan Johnsons there and everywhere. It's also brought to you by water. It's wet. It's dry. It's it's for the ad. You know what I mean? They bought this space to tell you and settle it once and for all. It's wet. Touch it. Is it wet? It's wet. This podcast is also brought to you by Eugene Levy's eyebrows. Uh, slowly trying to crawl upon my own face. Wow. They're, they're going to get you if you let them. Uh, and I think your final sponsor, if I'm correct, is no, you, you, Airport Restaurants. <laughs> they're Airport Restaurants. They're to feed you when you've had a baby. Oh, God, yes. I I did not remember that reference. That had left. Oh, I, I was it. like, what are you talking about? But yeah. Well, my favorite, when you were telling the story, I, you know, like the podcast moves so fast, they won't interrupt. But when you're telling the story, you're like, I was sitting there eating food. And I was like, well, what else, what else would you be eating? Like other babies, I don't think. I could be eating, I could be eating ice, just this weird mineral that we just eat. In order to not be dry on the inside, so weird. But you can put water on that to make it wet. <laughs> could wet. I could wet my ice. All right, let's let's hit let's hit like one or two more questions. I don't know how long oh. we've been recording because my recording is set to uh, to measures. So we've been we've been recording for uh, one thousand four hundred and thirty two measures at uh, at oh. one at one hundred and twenty beats per minute. So I believe that equates to about forty six minutes. Okay, thank you for doing the conversion You're for welcome. me. You're All welcome. right, we got one more, one or two more questions before we get to the news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. This one comes from Jackie, who asks, "Dear Hank and Greg, whenever it rains, snails start appearing all over the concrete and uh, in my steps leading to my front door. I worry for them. Water pools on the concrete, and I worry that the snails are going to drown. What are they trying to flee? Uh, should I relocate them to a nearby potted plant, or are they just out for a nice stroll? And should I leave them be? Memento mori, including snails, Jackie. Man." You quite you guys you guys write in about weird stuff in this podcast. <laughs> weird, uh, weird stuff. I I I mean snails are a garden pest. Like they're the thing that eats your plants. They're adorable. Well, but like yeah, but they do it really slowly. Caterpillars, those are the ones you gotta look out for. <laughs> Depends on what you're. Uh, if you got like cabbage, oh man, snails and slugs are the worst. You open up your cabbage and you're oh, like, really? I thought I was gonna have this beautiful cabbage, and instead I have like a weird slug ball. And it's Ugh. mostly slug, and that's not what that's not what that's not what I worked all year watering this thing for. Uh, Good point. I, I, I guess that the snails are trying to stay dry, because uh, the because the rain is wet, and it's gonna. Yeah, the, the rain makes the ground wet. All right, right. And, the, we'll and the snails. Uh, yeah, it, it does. It's weird to me. It, it appears. When I lived in Florida, this is not the case in Montana because it, we barely rains ever here. When it would rain, they would just be like, "Where did these things come from? Where were they? Like, did, were they just like born by the? Did they fall out of the sky?" And then you have to worry about them dying or getting stepped on or just they're everywhere. And it actually sometimes I feel like I can I could smell the smell of all the snails that died after yeah. a big rainstorm. Terrible, sure, awful, weird snot smell. 
Yeah, the weird, that's the thing about snails and slugs. Is, yeah, you don't think they're out there. And then when it does rain and they come out, that's when you're like, where have you all been hiding? What were you up to? What are you plotting? <laughs> what is the, where is the, where is the magical, like, snail wonderland where you all hang out when it's dry and that gets flooded every time it rains? And I like, Jackie worries about, you know, are they trying to flee the rain? Are they just out for a, I'm always, whenever I see a snail out in the rain on the sidewalk of the street, I just, it's one of those, like, ah, like, it's one of those rare occurrences where I can see into the future. You're going to get smushed. It's not by me, but someone's going to step on you. You're going to get hit by a car. Yeah. You should have just stayed wherever you were. I know you're worried about drowning. You know, you, you know, they breathe through their skin most of the time, so they need to get away from it. But, like, you're, you're, you're in trouble, buddy. You're in trouble, you're in buddy. Trouble. I do like Jackie. Yeah. I will commend you on your on your sympathy for the natu- for for like uh, pr- protecting snails from the natural processes in which they will die. But do remember, they'll die no matter what, and so will everything. It's true. That's part of life. Death is part of life. I can't believe you're letting caterpillars off so easy. Though I guess it's because my mom had these big rhubarb plants, <laughs> and the caterpillars would get on those leaves and eat those. And I always wanted the rhubarb cobbler, so I was always anti caterpillar way more than anti snail. I feel ya. I feel ya. I, well, we, I guess we have both of those problems here in Montana. I don't know. Slugs are just way grosser, you know. Like you don't like you cut. Yeah, no, they're definitely grosser. Oh, they're so sluggy. Uh, but no, I agree. Uh, if if you're trying to feed humans with plants, uh, those those organisms are not your friends. Um, and no. uh, yeah, so that's that's why I just let somebody else grow all my food now. I don't try. I don't try to do that anymore. Too much. Well, it's just so much work. You got to yes. monitor it. You got to look for these guys. I'll tell you, I'll take a tangent for you here. So one time I was out at the Kankakee River, Kankakee, Illinois. <laughs> we caught a bunch of snails. Uh-huh. I thought I would bring them home and put them into the aquarium of my aquatic turtle, Pokey 2. <laughs> I brought them in. I put them into Pokey 2's aquarium, went to bed, woke up the next day. He had eaten all the snails. <laughs> That's great. Shells and all. Yeah, it was crazy. I knew that because Pokey Two was a pretty chill turtle that I also got from the Kankakee River. So you thought these guys would have some kind of Kankakee River communal agreement that they're all going to just chill out, they'd remember each other. That was not the case. And at first, I thought maybe the snails had escaped. I was looking for slime trails out of the aquarium, and then it was just became clear. No, no, he ate them. Well, that's stock and barrel. That's great. You can keep going getting Kankakee snails or whatever that word was yeah. and bringing them back you don't no, you, nailed it. That's you, it. Don't, you don't have to buy you don't have to buy turtle food anymore he's got snails yeah that's a good point i guess i mean what do you think mother earth she gives what do you think pokey turtle was eating when he was in the river yeah i, I we never talked about it he was a baby <laughs> i think when we i mean to be clear we kidnapped him you know what i mean he was a very small turtle when we got him i kind of feel bad looking back on that but then again i don't know how turtles really roll if they have a family thing and i know what your listeners are thinking i'm talking about Pokey 2 was the original Pokey, his brother in the river. No, original Pokey was a box turtle who lived in an aquarium next to Pokey 2. So they they were brothers that I brought together, but not brothers by blood. Right. They weren't even they weren't even species brothers. Correct. Yeah. 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 And and Pokey 1 was just just like a store turtle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. He was just he just chilled. She liked to eat carrots. One time yeah. we put her in the backyard. My dad fenced her in with chicken wire so she could be out in the grass. Nice. And we, you know, went about our day, and then we came back, and she'd escaped. No. And like there was, there was a moment of panic, but then we remembered that all Pokey ever wanted to do was hibernate. So we just went to the darkest corner that we could find in the yard, and sure enough, there she was sleeping. <laughs> back in the earth, escaped- endless nightmare of the sun always being on. Oh uh, yeah, I had to escape so that I could relax. 
I had to rest. A jailbreak so that I can sleep. It's good. Exactly. A very slow jailbreak to the side of the house yeah. to plant my head against the foundation. All right, Greg, did you bring us news from AFC Wimbledon? I have breaking news from oh. AFC Wimbledon. Oh. Are, you, are you ready? Yeah. All right, the headline is Neil sums up his disappointment after defeat at Yeovil. Oh, no. Uh, this is by Chris Slavin, of course. Uh, Neil Ardley concluded that it was a poor team performance from Wimbledon's much-charged lineup at Yeovil Town after last night's check-a-trade trophy exit. Speaking during an interview for I Follow after last night's 2-0 loss, Neil said, The best team won. They were much more at it than us in every way, both physically and mentally. It was a poor performance. Too many players who had not played at first-team level for a while seemed to be a bit rusty. We played players out of position, which was hard because of the lack of players we had, but that's no excuse. There is loads to learn from it, lots of development for the younger boys, but the best team won. Ouch. Ooh. It's a rough one. You know what I mean? If you can't get a W in Yeovil, you got problems. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I know nothing about that at all. But I, yeah. No, none of this made sense to me at all. I, I know. I'm just, you know, acting like I understood. Well, the good news is that AFC Wimbledon is get, getting a bunch of a bunch of money coming up soon because they've they've pulled a very good draw in the FA Cup. So they're going to play Uh-oh. in a very big stadium against a very big team. So they get half the money. And so instead of the normal like four thousand tickets, they're going to sell like eighty thousand or something ridiculous. So good that that will hopefully allow them to invest in uh, in some players. I think John's going to talk more about that next week on the podcast if they come out okay, in the yeah. order that I believe they're going to come out in. In Mars news, Greg, do you want to know about the Mars news that I found? It's really weird. I should just t- search for uh, for Mars on Hello Poetry and see what happens. That should be I my. Lo- I bet you get some. There's going to be a lot of Mars bars poetry and then a few about the planet. Um. Baby, kiss me like we're on Mars, and the only breath we have is from each other's lungs. Oh, Leo! Whew. Nailed it. Plus twenty-three with with two point three thousand l- likes or something on whatever platform this is. Whatever this is. Whatever that icon is, it's got two point three thousand. Um, anyway. Sorry, I got distracted from my actual Mars news, which is that, you know Buzz Aldrin, right? I do know Buzz Aldrin, personally. Um, so he, he went to the moon, and <laughs> he's doing a brand deal right now, which I love. That he's Buzz Aldrin, he's doing a brand deal. He's doing a brand deal with Spray... Hey man, 2017, get paid. Yeah, he's doing it with Sprayground, a New York-based accessories label. Um, so that second human to, to step on the moon... Uh, is doing his first and only fashion collaboration, a Mission to Mars-themed capsule line. And when they say capsule, I think they mean backpack. Well, I don't know actually what a capsule line is. So there's a backpack with solar panels on it, a duffel bag, a baseball cap, and gloves, all emblazoned with a colorful assortment of patches, including one featuring Aldrin's face and the words moon, Mars, and beyond. And I've gone to Sprayground's collaborations page, sprayground.com slash collaboration slash buzz hyphen Aldrin's hyphen mission hyphen two hyphen Mars dot HTML. Which will link it to rolls it. off the tongue. You guys can find it so easily. <laughs> Which 
which we'll uh, probably link to on the Patreon because, oh my God, it's so cool. He's in like a freaking hover car. And these these hot ladies have guns and some clearly cybernetic armor and they're all wearing this very, very cool but also pretty nerdy backpack that I almost definitely am going to buy. Uh, there's also a mission to yeah, Mars. Yeah, I'm looking at this stuff too. It's easy to make fun of it, but yeah, this stuff actually looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the, the mission to Mars Shark Patches Parka Buzz Aldrin collab, uh, also very cool. The the solar powered backpack is coming soon. The uh, non solar powered backpack is available now for eighty dollars, and the gloves are only twenty bucks, and oh, they're really freaking cool. Oh man, I didn't expect to like this as much as I do. I know, right? It feels weird. <laughs> it sounds so goofy, and you look at it like, hey, this is actually kind of cool. This is definitely something that like Greg Miller would totally have worn freshman year of college. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Greg Miller right now, 2018, is thinking about wearing it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this was a bad brand deal that we didn't get paid for, but uh, Sprayground is doing a very cool Mission to Mars uh Mission to Mars fashion collab with Buzz Aldrin, who's sitting in his amazing space chair. Um, however, that got made. Oh man, the world, the universe is such a wonderful place. Uh, I'm gonna have, I'm it's gonna have a fun a time shopping. Mashup. It's Buzz Aldrin and it's Mass Effect and it's Star Wars and it's Division. It's like a million. It's all these and it's sharks. The sharks don't make any sense. Yeah, the shark. There's like shark bites all over the place. Ah, <laughs> oh, I. I've got oh man I, I I'm upset that I'm gonna have to wait until this podcast comes out to tweet about this. Yeah right. Uh, but wonderful. Uh, so that that's that's the news from Mars. Greg, can you tell me like what exactly we learned today on this podcast, if anything? Water is definitively wet. All right. Uh, you can't say water's dry, so that's the thing you learn. I'm pretty sure that water is dry. Uh, you learn- uh, I, you know, in fact, I, I, in fact, so. I, I did tweet about water being dry during this podcast, and I kind of want to see what the responses to that have been. Uh, my friend, I hope it's just riots. My friend Boots Taha looming. looks like he's maybe a little bit frustrated with me. Uh, and uh, uh, what else have we got? Um, it's non-alcoholic, so it's dry in the sense, like a dry county. <laughs> oh. uh, that's good. David says, the Earth is a triangle, just to come back at me. And I have to say, it's maybe not my best performing tweet. I feel like it's really like coming in significantly under the bar with 300 likes. Uh, usually I'm, it's, I'm doing better than here's, that. Here's the thing, Hank. You know, I love you. I respect you. Mm-hmm. You built an empire. You're amazing. You're a coward. If you were a man, you would have made this a poll, but you, you knew you'd get trounced, so you didn't put a poll in there. There's no easy way to get the data. Uh, my friend Greg Miller just responded to this tweet with just uh, two two characters in a punctuation. It's N-O period. So Somebody's got to say it. <laughs> water's dry. I think water might be dry. Ah, I'm really excited to defend this terrible opinion for, for years and years to come. Um, <laughs> you're having this is the next four years of your life. Someone arguing this with you on the internet. Um, I, I'm ready to have some different arguments on the internet right now. I'm done. I'm done True. with the. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we also learned. We also learned that uh, that you shouldn't touch your rustic bread with raw meat in a library. Great point. We also learned about a, a great site called HelloPoetry.com. 
Oh, we learned all about HelloPoetry.com. I feel really weird. I didn't know more about Hello Poetry until now. And finally, we I learned... I mean, I changed the game for you guys. Finally, we learned that Buzz Aldrin is still working it right now. Fashion model space astronaut Buzz Aldrin. Thank you for potting with me, Greg Miller. This was an absolute Dude, joy and very fun. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. This podcast is produced by Rosiana Hulse-Rojas and Sheridan Gibson. It's edited by Nicholas Jenkins. Our head of community and communications is Victoria Bongiorno. You can find out more about Dear Hank and John at patreon.com slash dearhankandjohn, where you can also support us and get our uh, occasional five to ten minute very bad podcast that is only for patrons called This Week in Ryan's. Uh, you can also <laughs> you can also uh, send us questions at hankandjohn at gmail.com. I am Hank Green on Twitter. John is John Green. Greg is, I think, Game Over Greggy on Twitter. If you want to, if you want to get some of that going on, and uh, you can find out all about kind of funny all over the place. They make hilarious stuff that's really fun. And uh, one more thing: the theme music that you're hearing right now is from the Great Gunnarola, and also the music at the beginning. And as they say on our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to be awesome. awesome.